Acts 26-24 reads, And as he, Paul, was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. Hello and welcome back to Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. My name is Bryce Beal. I am one of the pastor elders here. I am all alone today, which will typically happen about two, three, four times each quarter. This quarter, we are finishing up discipleship, a focus on what it means for us to be a disciple of Jesus. And we've talked about a lot of what it means to be committed to Jesus, leaving everything, renouncing everything to follow him. This will continue for a few more weeks till we get through the end of December. And then next quarter, at the beginning of 2023, January, February, March, our quarterly focus will be on the Holy Spirit. As we're wrapping up this quarter, though, on discipleship, I wanted to address a bit of a question. My title is framed as a question. It is, are we extremists? And I guess that word extremist needs some defining. But I think it's somewhat obvious to most people what is meant by extremist. And what I want to say about that in answer to that question is that if we're really committed to following Jesus fully with our whole lives, there is a bad extremism that we don't want to fall into. And there is, I think, what we could call a good extremism. So are we extremists only in the good sense? Let's start with the bad sense. In what way do we not want to be extremists? The interesting thing is that throughout church history, God's followers have always dealt with some claiming to be Christian who we could call extremists in a bad sense. Um, sometimes in history they've been called enthusiasts. Also, good extremists have been called enthusiasts. But let me give you an example. During the Reformation, Luther, breaking away from the Roman Catholic Church, turning back to Scripture, had to deal with not only the Catholics— who were battling him on one side, but he also had to deal with so-called Protestants who would be on his side, so to speak, against the Roman Catholic Church, but certain Protestants who went too far. Not only did they say, we don't need the authority of the Catholic Church, we don't even need the authority of Scripture, they would say, because we have the Spirit. The Spirit gives life, the Word profits nothing, the flesh profits nothing, which they took to mean also the Bible. So that was a kind of extremism because they moved far out to the extreme. Sometimes we call, we don't want to bunch them all together, but sometimes we talk about the radical reformers. Um, radical in the sense of root, that's the Latin sense of that, who went even further. Um, and the Anabaptists would be included in that. But there were also many, and this is part of the reason, by the way, that the Anabaptists were so much persecuted, even though they were right in their view on baptism, was because many Anabaptists broke away from the Catholic Church and then went too far, became what we would consider bad extremists. And you can almost entirely describe the bad of their extremism by a departure from Scripture. That's the main point that made the extremism bad, is they went away from Scripture. During the Great Awakening, several hundred years later, John Wesley wrote this, quote, you are in danger of enthusiasm, there's that word, bad extremism, every hour, if you depart ever so little from Scripture, yea, or from the plain, literal meaning of any text, taken in connection with the context, 
what he's getting at there is there are some who will appeal to Scripture, but as extremists or enthusiasts will not take the plain meaning. They'll try to read some mysterious, bizarre meaning into the text to support their own views. He continues, And so you are in danger if you despise or lightly esteem reason, knowledge, or human learning, every one of which is an excellent gift of God and may serve the noblest purposes. So a bad extremism, its main mark is that it pushes you away from Scripture's clear, plain meaning. That may be pushing you away from Scripture altogether toward revelations of the Holy Spirit, or that may be pushing you away from the plain meaning of Scripture into some secretive or bizarre uh, allegorical meanings of Scripture that support some unusual system that nobody's ever heard of before, some new thing. Or it may be just uh, an extremism that despises what Wesley talks about, all kinds of human learning, reason, knowledge, these things that are gifts of God. This happened in the Reformation too, where there started to be a sense that we despise any higher learning, any academic pursuits, even in trying to understand Scripture in the original languages, understand systematic theology. There were some who went too far, who became extreme in a bad way, and said, we don't need any of that teaching. We're guided by the Holy Spirit. So there they may have had Scripture, but they would not allow any assistance from others God had gifted. So that also can be a bad extremism. One other bad extremism worth noting because it's just a little bit different would be, for example, someone like the Pharisees, because the Pharisees developed as a group just before Jesus' time as a group that really wanted to be holy and set apart for Yahweh over against the Hellenization of their culture, becoming more Greek, pagan influence. They were dedicated to Yahweh, and so there is a sort of extremism in the Pharisees, at least at their beginning, and that they're totally dedicated, totally set apart. I mean, Saul, who was a Pharisee and a son of a Pharisee, was certainly radical, certainly an extremist in persecuting Christians and trying to kill them. So there's a real zeal there, though, without knowledge. And you might say that the Pharisees, they were not turning away from the Old Testament. They accepted the Old Testament scriptures. What the Pharisees did, though, really was, again, pushing themselves away from scripture in the sense that they pushed away from the genuine meaning of the scriptures, even though they read the scriptures, as Jesus said, because you think in them you'll have life, but they didn't find what they really meant. They emphasized minor points, they built fences around those minor points, and they missed the main point. They strained out the gnat, they swallowed the camel. And so again, John 5, 46, Jesus said, if you believed Moses, you would believe me. They would say, we believe Moses. But they departed from scripture, not because they didn't claim to believe the Old Testament, but because they were not really grasping the central message such as you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus was challenging them on that point. So in summary, the bad extremism that none of us should partake of in our following Jesus is an extremism that pushes us away from Jesus' words, pushes us away from God's word. It really is God's word that prevents us from bad kinds of extremism. On the other hand, are we extremists? I hope so. There is also a good extremism, and I'm just thinking through some biblical examples here 
when people were accused of being extremists, <laughs> usually in a bad way, but we would say it's good. Here's an example in the Bible, Old Testament, Elijah. Uh, Ahab, in 1 Kings eighteen seventeen, when he saw Elijah, Ahab, the king said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? <laughs> and I just think Ahab viewed Elijah as probably an extremist and as someone who's troubling the whole nation by his overcommitment to Yahweh, his challenge of Baal worship and so forth. But that was right of Elijah. Elijah was an extremist. He did extreme things, he tore down altars and uh, had prophets of Baal killed. So Elijah was an extremist in a good sense, guided by Yahweh and his word. In the New Testament, the person who comes to mind is Paul. Paul is an extremist in a good sense. The passage I quoted is when Paul is on trial before Festus. And as Paul's giving his defense, Festus says, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. So he's just saying you're overstudy and you've lost your mind because of your zeal, because of your energy. It's obvious Paul's energetic, but Festus views it as a bad extremism, but actually it's a very good extremism that Paul has. I was also thinking of some non-biblical examples of good extremism. And one that I came across was A.W. Tozer, who we've talked about before. I found this quote by him. When I was about 18 years of age, God came on me in a wonderful way and did wonderful things for me, but my church did not approve of it. In fact, they as good as told me that I was a bit extreme and that the church would be better without my company. I was not thrown out. I was just invited not to belong and I left and went to a Christian and Missionary Alliance church. So they said he was a bit extreme. And again, I don't know any of the details. Maybe he wasn't the wisest in how he handled his newfound zeal for the Lord, or maybe he was. But from what we know of his later writings, we certainly appreciate that zeal, whatever God did when he came upon him in a wonderful way. So that's probably an example of a good extremism that his church did not appreciate. Another example I came across just the other day was R.C. Sproul. If you've ever heard his testimony, when R.C. Sproul first came to Christ, he had grown up in a church, very religious, and he was born again before being born again was a popular term or idea. And he was excited and telling people about it. And his own pastor called him something I can't repeat right here, <laughs> used a cursed word that begins with a D, said, you D fool. That's his own pastor. <laughs> but I think that's his pastor viewing him as a bad extremist. And I think that was, obviously that was a good extremism that R.C. Sproul had actually come to Christ. So I would say for us, how can you know if your own extremism is bad or good? The number one mark is, does it push you towards scripture and scripture's regulations and guidance or away from scripture. If you have an extremism that pushes you to something that's uh, on the periphery of scripture, whether that's um, end times discussions, which are very important, or specific regulations, uh, how the Judaist Judaistic festivals and so forth apply to us, things that matter but are not central to the heart of scripture or of God, and you have a zeal that drives you deep into those, so those become really your whole life and message, I would say that's not a healthy extremism. But if, and if, of course, an extremism is pushing you away from 
getting in the word, you're thinking, I just have the spirit. I've got to go, you know, be guided by the spirit, which that's good. But if that is pushing you away from the guidance of the word, at some point you will shipwreck because you need the word to guide you. So don't have that kind of extremism. On the other hand, we should be considered not at all nominal. We don't want everyone to speak well of us, Jesus said. We want to take very seriously the call of Jesus Christ. We want to be considered uh, financially irresponsible by those who do not know Christ. If they were to look into our budget, we want to use our time in a way that people would consider imprudent. Um, We want to be serving others as much as we can and loving others in ways that will be considered extreme. If it's considered normal by unbelievers, we're doing it wrong. So there should be a sort of extremism about us, but it's all guided by Scripture and Scripture's main uh, urging to love God and love our neighbor. Maybe one final mark as we close, how can you discern if you're a good or bad extremist, is look for some mature believers who've walked with the Lord a long time, who love their spouse if they're married and their children, who serve others well, who have been faithful over the long haul, and ask them if they think you're a bad extremist. (laughs) Because it does matter who's going to call you an extremist. Hopefully, unbelievers and maybe even believers who are less mature, hopefully they will consider you too extreme. That's good. That's not a bad thing. But if you consistently have mature believers saying, you need to settle down (laughs) or you need to uh, direct your energies or maybe calm down on this one point here, or maybe you're a cage stage Calvinist and you need to cool that off a little bit and um, change your focus a bit, that's good. And I would say lastly, there are possibly times when even a mature or some mature believers will want you to cool down or slow down when God is calling you not to do that. And that will require heavenly wisdom if you are loving and serving others and it's clear in scripture you're not in sin but you're doing it in a way that people are counseling, maybe don't do that. Take that counsel very seriously, but I do think in following Christ, we've renounced everything, and sometimes that will require us to make hard decisions, not sin decisions, but hard wisdom decisions that others may not always appreciate. But if God's Word is guiding us, and His Spirit is with us, I think we'll make those decisions well. So maybe in the past, you have thought of your Christianity as something that's just very calm and collected, very organized, very well analyzed and planned out, no surprises, (laughs) just very easy, and um, not too much interfering in life as you want it to be. Perhaps that's what you thought Christianity was. But may God help us all now not to think like that, but instead to think this way. 